Welcome to the first Super Aging with Fatou Cisse podcast. My name is Carol Kobe, and for 18 years I produced and hosted the weekly radio program All About Living on Midwest Family Broadcasting Stations. Prior to that, I moderated Picture of Health, which was a cable television series presented by the University of Wisconsin Hospital and Clinics. In the past over a quarter of a century, my work has been primarily focused on communicating about issues related to an aging population. Naturally, health and health care have taken prominent roles. And within those conversations, the rising and epidemic growth of Alzheimer's disease and other dementias have taken center stage. Fighting this disease and its impact on families, caregivers, and society as a whole is important to me, and I come to it from personal experience. My husband passed away from frontal lobe dementia in 2001, and I have since been active in many Alzheimer's organizations, including serving on the advisory board of the University of Wisconsin's Initiative to End Alzheimer's. That's why when I learned of the work Fatou Cisse is doing to confront this disease from many perspectives, I wanted to personally introduce her to you and share with you her personal story and professional goals as she launches this important podcast series. So let me tell you a little bit about Fatou Cisse. Fatou Cisse is founder and president of Karasu All Things Alzheimer's. She is also owner and manager of Karasu Home Care. Fatou is a native of the Gambia in West Africa and has been a resident of Madison, Wisconsin for 20 years. Fatou graduated from Edgewood College and the University of Wisconsin-Madison. For the past 20 years, Fatou has worked with the elderly and disabled in all settings and in various capacities. She is a staunch advocate for Alzheimer's and dementia-related issues and a proud recipient of the Alzheimer's Association 2017 Advocacy Award and more. She serves on several nonprofit boards and is an ambassador for the Alzheimer's Association, helping define and advocate for Alzheimer's policy priorities. As Fatou says, an issue as big as Alzheimer's needs everyone on board. So it's my pleasure to congratulate you, uh, Fatou, on what you've accomplished and the plans that you have for the future. And I really appreciate this opportunity to introduce you to your podcast listeners. Thank you so much for having me as a part of this first podcast. Thank you so much, Carol, for doing this. I truly, truly appreciate it. I am fascinated. How did you possibly start out in the Gambia and West Africa and get to Madison, Wisconsin, and become this emerging entrepreneur in the home health services for seniors, and now expanding into understanding and focusing on the world of Alzheimer's and dementia. Tell us your story. Yeah, so like you said, I'm from Gambia, and I, like you already mentioned, I've been here 20 years. My story from Gambia to here, it's uh, one of, that is familiar, because a lot of people come through keen migration and mine is no different. So I came as to come in with a family. So my husband at the time, I, him and I had a visa to come here, but my brother was here first. So he was going to school here and also working. And my husband and I came, so he came 
let's say in October, and I came in January, so a couple months apart. And uh, we started a life here. And uh, like you said, I went to school here at UW and also at Edward College. So that's my journey to here. It's always fascinating to find out how people uh, can travel across the world and end up in Madison, Wisconsin. And you also, besides the academic achievements, which prepared you for the work you're doing now, you had some personal experiences that really inspired you, recognizing that this is the field you wanted to be in. Yeah, so um, when I was exposed to home care, so this is the industry that I didn't know prior to coming here. But a family friend who had moved from another state to here introduced me to this world. So she actually consulted with me because she's looking for a job like that. And I said, I had no idea <laughs> that something like that exists. But needless to say, she did the search herself, got the job, and she then said the workplace is hiring. So she told me to apply for it. I wasn't sure if I would be good at something like that, but she was convinced I would be, and she was right. <laughs> so that's how I get into the home care as an industry. But leading on to that, so throughout my years at the school, I continued to care for people, then eventually had some private care, caregiving clients. So working with them, Carol, you know, when you're in this industry and you do this work, it becomes very personal. And the people that I was working with had such good relationship. It become very intimate relationship and in a way that it's more like family ties, right? So we got the family trusted me for all of their parents' need. But then as the needs grow, beyond what I can handle, they had also had a meeting with me to say, hey, we think my dad and mom needed more care. So um, we are going to bring in home care agency and you can pick as many hours you wanna work, whatever is left then those home care can take it. In this work too, what is important to know is that it should always be person-centered. So meaning it should be individualized. What happened with the family was that the agency that came in didn't understand that the client could not get up, should not be on a wheelchair unattended because he's always going to attempt to get up. And unfortunately, that's what he did. He fell when he did that and then went to the hospital, then from there to a nursing home for rehab and never came back home. So the family decided to move mom home from home to the facility to be with their dad. And Carol, I could not tell you how heart-wrenching that process was. And for me being so close to the family and their mom being my best friend also, who we had so many talks about her wishes to be at home and to see that those wishes are being scattered at that time and the tears that she shed, to this day, I felt them. And that was my reason to say, if I can keep one or two people at home, this is a journey that I'm beginning to start. 
So like you said, I have the education to back it up. I have the experience also and the skill set to back it up. What I end up doing was that although I am familiar with doing business, but not complex business like this, not certainly in the United States. So what I had to do is that I, I went into take a few more business classes through UW to understand this complex business and how do I roll it out? Because I know the providing care part, but how do we make it business? But eight years later, here we are, Carol. Yeah, Carol Sue is going. And so you ended up opening your own home health service agency, Karasu. And what does the word Karasu mean? So Karasu means peaceful home. It is a Mandinka language, and I'm a Mandinka native. Peaceful home, that's absolutely beautiful and so fitting for a home health services agency. I take it from what your description of coming from the Gambia here to Madison and learning this whole new industry that there is not a comparable such industry in the Gambia? No, there isn't. Um, So there is no home care agency or nursing home. I don't grow up knowing any of that. Families purely take care of families. That's just the way it is. No other way around. So I was introduced to this when I came here. Well, perhaps that's where you were grounded and where you got your foundation of understanding that it's all about personal care and personal relationships and being person-centered. And so when you opened Karasu, your home health service agency, Mm -hmm. uh, what year was that? And how did you then begin to structure and train your people and hire the people to provide the services that that you felt were, were needed and necessary in the manner that you had defined and outlined. My anniversary for Kerosene is always a new year. And I started solo, of course, but then started adding on people as we grow and as we get the word out to the community. And as far as training our staff, from what I learned, especially with the story that I shared with you, is that giving someone a care plan to say, go take care of someone is not what makes it work. So you have to actually give them the training. So for us, we always have someone to go in to actually train the person with the, train the caregiver with the actual client. So you're not just going by the care plan that was crafted that you may read or not read. So somebody has to be there to train you. And of course, the hiring process, that's a whole new ball game with background checks and reference checks and all that stuff. So we, we comply with the rules on that as well. So you started in 2003 and you've been growing ever since in the home health. 2013. You started in 2013. Do you provide services um, throughout? Dean County. Services throughout Dean County. Just and throughout Dane County. Mm-hmm. And I suspect because you are now in the process of creating, created a nonprofit organization, Karasu All Things Alzheimer's, that uh, what led you perhaps to do this is your recognition of the growing 
dementia services that were required in the population you were serving. Yes, absolutely. So here's all things Alzheimer's stemmed out of few things. My growing, knowing the growing need to serve the people with Alzheimer's and dementia, but, and my advocacy on that area, my commitment to that work, that's one, one aspect of it. But the other one is that I, it comes from my passion to keep people at home. Part of the program that cares to all things Alzheimer's do is also daycare, where people will be able to come in. And that piece also helps with staying, making them stay home longer. And of course, that isn't going to be possible without the amazing work of the caregivers. So we have to support the caregivers of every step of the way. And that's how the caregiver training comes in. And so Kerasu, all things Alzheimer's, that, that these are the issues that it stems out of to address. You know, we both are involved in, with many organizations and groups serving the dementia community. And as you look at the services you were providing in home health, and you were thinking about expanding and focusing on the Alzheimer's more and setting that aside, what did you find that was missing? What is the void you feel that you are filling? And where do you see it, this additional need for the all things Alzheimer's? So I think the issues that were missing, that all things Alzheimer's would provide, is the education piece is critical for caregiver success in every facet of um, care when you think about it. But also, we are going to provide this on the west side of Madison. There is no daycare centers on the west side. Also, all of the other daycares out there are not exclusive. So they are more inclusive with different disease, people who have different diseases. With this, with us, it's going to be only people with memory issues. So Alzheimer's and dementia is front and center. And of course, the brain health activities also is there to address the need to keep our brain sharp and to possibly prevent Alzheimer's and dementia. So those were voids that needed to be filled that cancel all things Alzheimer's is definitely going to be here to do. Well, the adult day center certainly is needed. And you talk about the importance of caregiver education, but this is also giving caregiver respite time. And it uh, can be very demanding and frustrating and stressful as caregivers. Mm-hmm. And they talk about that all the time, that being a caregiver, especially to someone who is suffering some, from some form of dementia, is a major health risk in itself. So providing the outlet for the people to have, to maximize the fulfillment of their life at whatever stage of dementia they are through an adult day center and all of the activities and the care that's provided, it also gives this major relief to the caregiver to take care of him or herself. Yeah, you are so right on, Carol. The day center piece enhances the quality of lives of people who comes in and a lot of times families that's what they are looking for to something that will give them a peace of mind 
just the fact that they know their parents or loved ones are being taken care of and provide that needed respite for them. And that helps to prolong the stay of the individual at home. Because one thing we know, caregivers who get burnt out, you can't continue if you, if you don't have the drive or the, the ability to, to do it. And that's what caregiver burnout does to you. So just having that break in between provides them that buffer to be able to continue what they are doing. What kind of activities will you be providing in the adult day center for people with on the pathway or on the spectrum of dementia? Yeah, so there will be a whole bunch of interactive activities um, from gaming to exercises to social activities. So there will be a different type of things that they will be doing at the center. And I suspect that will be a future podcast when you begin to explain more in depth what actually going to the day center, what that day looks like. And I'm fascinated that you are on the front end of this as well in the area of prevention or just wellness in general. And not that anybody who practices all of the wellness guidelines is immune from getting a form of Alzheimer's or or dementia, but uh, you really are focusing a lot on brain health and wellness. And how do you hope to incorporate this into Karasu, all things Alzheimer's? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of times when people thinking about wellness, they're thinking about doing exercises that will maybe strengthen their core, they wanted to strengthen their muscles. So but people don't really say, I'm going to strengthen my brain. And it's kind of interesting because when our brain doesn't work, nothing else works. Mm-hmm. And we don't focus on that. So what caters to all things Alzheimer's will do is create a space where anybody who's interested in strengthening their brain function and maximizing that function would come in and we have research-based activities that people would be doing at the center. And, and that is, you don't have to wait until, or, you know, to wait until you have memory issues, you can come in to be proactive about addressing that as a preventative measure. That's so true. When we think about being fit and staying well, we often think of it from the neck down, you know, to move the body and to do things to help our, our heart or the rest of our organs. And we, we forget about from the neck up. And yeah. I remember right. you said to me at one point that anyone who has a brain is at risk for Alzheimer's. That's true. <laughs> Yep, that's what I always say. Anyone with a brain is at risk for Alzheimer's. (laughs) But uh, this is your first podcast on super aging with Fatou Cisse, and you plan to have many more as you move into the future. And super aging, that suggests more than just um, Alzheimer's or brain health. What can listeners expect to hear on this podcast in the future? Yeah, well, listeners can expect to hear different things from aging well perspectives, so healthy aging from Alzheimer's issues, but all aging issues, even financial issues that come with aging would be there. So we'll be bringing in experts to discuss some of these things. 
whether it's research-based or whether it's everyday issues that we know people, families are facing will be there. And we'll also have caregivers who will come in to share their story, their journey. So others who are walking that journey with them can also learn from what they had heard from Diso. So that's what we are hoping to bring in. And then we'll bring in advocates in the area, especially on Alzheimer's, to share what things that are happening right now and how other people can get involved in that. And that, what that means for their family members, because mm -hmm. when it comes to policy advocacy, it gets, things get broader. And that's what I like about that piece, because like I always say, there's only few, so much lives that we can touch with one-on-one -on -one or direct care. But when we start exploring things in the policy arena, then we, the reach is broader. Well, any challenges that arise among seniors or dealing with any kind of uh, disability or illness, including dementias, um, they come to your desk. You see them. Like, I see them. They, I deal with them all the time. And I always say, if you have been around elderly, the sick, and also the disabled community, and also have witnessed different ways of people dying, it's a your perspective in life gets a little different than many and um, health becomes the priority. So um, those stories will come out in this podcast, the journey that I have worked with some of the families. Of course, no one will know which who these families, we won't be sharing those, but we'll share their stories and educate everyone on them. And I'm pretty sure some people will relate to it and learn from those experiences and in hopes that they can improve their own as we go, as they learn. So rather than having everything stay, all of the knowledge stay on your desk, you are using this podcast, Super Aging with Fatou Cisse, as a communications bridge to your yes. listeners, to your audience, to share what you have learned and the perspectives uh, from the professional point of view that you're working with it every day and some yes. of the ahas and tips that you have found to be helpful for people if they knew about them. Yes. And, and so you will be sharing that. Before we close, I do want to touch and expand more on the value of reaching out to a more diverse population mm -hmm. and how you can bring more authenticity to that endeavor. What can you hopefully achieve across all cultures that has been such a challenge for, for so many others? Well, you know, I, like we said at the beginning, I'm, I'm an immigrant and who's also had this global connection to people who are from my country and maybe have traveled to other sides of the, the world. And also I have been here for this many years, for 20 years. So I have the ability or the experience of dealing with different cultures in the way that some people may not be, may not have those experiences. And to be able to in that space, because those people, whether within America or outside of America, are connected to me or have known me. And those that even don't know me, um, can relate to the messaging that I'm going to put out there because I am also part and fabric of both of those 
cultures. So I think in that regard, I'm more, how do I say this? I'm more privileged that way <laughs> that I bring that voice, that unique voice that it, that's trusted, that can be trusted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's wonderful. You have an important role to play and the fact that you are uh, out there and expanding your voice, your own voice is going to reach so many people that perhaps have had an issue with not understanding or a trust issue mm-hmm. or not even being communicated to, right. that they've been left out. And so I think you have and, a and, and that's why caregivers are part of those. That's why part of what we are doing is amplifying the caregiver voices. So bringing the caregiver voices into this communication or this conversation is really a key part of what we are trying to do also. So that they feel like they're being seen and heard and their issues out there for everybody to know and hopefully be better addressed. Well, I know that's part of your your goals. Um, you are going to, in, as you move forward with the podcast and with Karasu All Things Alzheimer's and even your home health agency, that you're interested in pursuing healthy aging, starting at that front end, yeah. and but having the voices of caregivers amplified and heard so they are part of the, of the solutions and the care decisions. And then you want to continue to provide guidance to people in moving forward with Alzheimer's and the other dementias that uh, they con- we are confronting in this world. It is truly becoming epidemic portion because there is no cure. There is no really effective treatment outside of the uh, knowledgeable services that can be provided. And you talk about knowledge is power. And so on this first podcast, what little nugget of knowledge, so to speak, can you share with your listeners uh, that they can take away? Right. So, well, what I would say to begin with is I always say self-care is self-love. So I would say um, the, the little nugget that I'm going to leave our listeners in this very first one is always remember to care for yourself first, because I tell people you cannot give what you don't have and you have to actually take care of yourself and have the drive and the energy to be able to give it back to others. So in order to be a really good, strong caregiver, you have to self-care, but also to remember to seek help. A lot of caregivers want to do it all. So help is always there and you have to ask whether it is within your own network or outside resources, but you have to seek those helps and get relief because we know that recharges you when you get that relief. And, and I'll also ask questions, ask questions. And I think one thing the one other thing this platform will give people to is to be able to connect and ask questions so that their questions would be answered as well. You talk about seeking help. If you need help and you don't seek it, it only gets worse. And so uh, stepping in for yourself and stepping up to take care of yourself is so vitally important. It's a 
major lesson. It's a hard lesson to learn and even sometimes harder to execute, but mm -hmm. it's one that you have to incorporate into your life to start with that self-care, self-love, and then you can help others. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is one little nugget of knowledge, but you're going to continue to share them on future podcasts. And to do that, you have to have a continuing relationship and dialogue with people. They have to be able to communicate with you. Yes. So how can people contact you directly uh, with their questions and comments? And how will listeners be able to continue to listen to your podcasts? So first, I would say listeners should subscribe to our podcast, Super Agent with Fatu Sisi. So subscribe to that. And then you can always email at superagentpodcast at gmail.com. So superagentpodcast at gmail.com. For any of your questions, comments, you can always reach out to, to us directly. And also you can seek me out at any of the social media sites. I'm available there too, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram. So check me out and stay connected. So those are, those are ways that you can get hold of me. Okay. Superagingpodcast at gmail.com is a good way to reach out to you and to subscribe yes. to the Super Aging with Fatou Sise podcast yes. series yeah and the podcast is available in all the places that podcast is apple Podbeans, spotify so check it out it's out there super agent with well thank you fatu Sise, for your dedication to the needs of seniors and your vision for paving a broader more informed path on all of our aging journeys you have been listening to the first podcast of Super Aging with Fatou Cisse. I'm Carol Kobe, and it has been my pleasure to introduce you to Fatou Cisse on this podcast. Stay tuned for news on the upcoming podcast schedule and the topics that will be covered. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay informed.